Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Jason Joseph, Chief Digital and Information Officer at Corwell Health. In part one, Joseph speaks with Managing Editor Kate Gamble about what he considers to be the foundation of a successful merger and how Corwell is working toward that goal, why technology is only a small part of the equation when it comes to initiatives like ERP, and the healthy conversations that he believes must happen in order to drive change. We usually start by just giving a brief overview yeah. of the organization, just a little bit about Corwell Health. Sure. Well, uh, let me just give you a kind of the background on Corwell Health. Corwell Health, formerly known as BHSH System, mm-hmm. formerly known as Spectrum Health and Beaumont Health in Michigan coming together. So Corwell Health is our new name. We are a combined system that has uh, about 22 hospitals, 5,000, uh, a little over 5,000 licensed beds, about a $14 billion enterprise. It includes about 64,000 employees, the main hospital system, uh, post-acute kind of full continuum of care, but also our health plan, Priority Health, which serves uh, the entire state of Michigan and has about uh, 1.2 million members in the state. So second largest uh, health plan in the state of Michigan as well. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're seeing a lot of um, MNA and we're going to continue to. So can you just kind of talk about what was the driver? What was, what were you, the organizations hoping to uh, accomplish? Yeah, I think, you know, in the healthcare landscape right now, there's a lot of focus on being able to scale practices as well as innovations. And so if you think about the landscape that we have as an integrated healthcare system that has both care and coverage, Uh, We had a lot of coverage growth that was starting to spread into other geographies. We really didn't have a lot of presence in care. And you do a lot more when you can integrate kind of that care and coverage umbrella. So that was a huge driver for us is really just to kind of balance that and expand our ability. But overall, we believe that by creating best practices that are of the highest quality, looking at common care pathways integrating our technology foundations, that we can actually provide really exceptional care and coverage at an affordable cost because we can do things at scale, which we can also innovate on as well. So, you know, that's kind of the value proposition for us is really to take that entire package and be able to continue to scale it and move it forward across the entire state. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that kind of seems, seems so basic, but a lot of organizations are starting to cover more and more people and you're not, you're not getting more resources to do that unless you make some moves. Yeah. And, you know, the game isn't just about the, the traditional coverage now. It, it's really about moving towards value and finding ways to provide more value to what we would consider our customers. And one of the main ways that we can do that is by offering uh, unique products and services that integrate care and coverage. And so in order to be able to do that, you have to have the assets to do it with and, and also the coverage to do it. So we're really excited about kind of this combination. And it's, I think, going to be really great for our communities and for our state. Yeah. From your position though, anytime that there's a major change, it's going to be rocky roads, but just wanted to get your thoughts about really what are the keys to leading through something as big as this? Yeah. I, you know, I think there's a few things, you know, we've done M&A work really from the legacy spectrum 
health organization and the legacy Beaumont. And I think, you know, the lessons learned that those organizations collectively brought together really informed this one as well. And, you know, a few principles, one, be really, really clear about your goals and your strategy. So we do have a goal and a strategy really to unify our systems, to unify our operations, to be kind of a standardized organization, right? I mean, you can kind of look at this in two ways. There's like the holding company model, which is, yeah, we're under one flag, but really it's completely different operations, or we're really going to take a best practice and be able to scale that repeatedly. And that's the game that we're going to be in. So that brings with it a whole bunch of other requirements I want you to do with your technology and your systems and the level that you are going to integrate. And we have a pretty aggressive plan to integrate and standardize across our strategic platforms. The second thing is speed. These things take so much organizational focus, regardless of whether you give them a couple of years or three years or five years. And, you know, we don't want to be in this focused area for the next decade. We really want to get through it. And so we had a pretty aggressive plan to say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Um, And we're going to go about it, doing it well, but doing it quite fast so that we can kind of get beyond that and start getting to the benefit side. Because there's a big upfront investment, obviously, in the technology and the people and the effort to do this. But there's also a lot of value on the back end once you start to say, hey, we're, we're standardizing, we're rationalizing applications, we're simplifying our processes, we're really integrating across the continuum. As those things come into the value, you want to get to there as quickly as you can. And the organization, you know, only has so much attention span that you can give to these things, right? And if you drag them out for too long, it just feels like a the perpetual thing. And so we really wanted to get in there, be really, really focused and, and go quickly while still making sure that we're going to do it well. Yeah. And as far as uh, standardizing across the platforms, I imagine that that has to be introduced pretty early as far as, you know, how you're going to do that. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we started even before we were day one planning on how we thought we would go about this and really aligning with our leadership team and with our board and getting getting a shared understanding of what do we want to be? What are our goals? You know, how do we want to go after integration? What level of quality standard do we want to see? How are we going to take the best practices of care pathways across our entire system and make those the standard? And what you see when you think about that is like, there's pockets of excellence. Whenever you do an M&A, they're all over. It's not like one organization has all the good stuff and one organization doesn't. So you have to bring that together. And what you'll see across the healthcare industry most often is organizations that don't have that common foundation to build on, you can't scale those ideas because implementing the way you do it in one organization, it's kind of like the old adage, if you've seen one healthcare organization, you've seen one healthcare organization. And that doesn't work to scale practices or processes or data collection or analytics because all of a sudden you have to apply, it worked really good here, you have to retrofit that somewhere else, which is kind of what everybody's dealing with today. So for us to make this work, and I think for M&A in general to work, you have to have that common foundation, almost like a franchise model where you say, look, yeah. this is these are the standard things. Not to say everything is exactly the same, but the core business process, the core clinical system, the core functions, they all work this way. And when we find a better way, we're going to all do those together and we can make that change together versus having that variation. And anybody who kind of studies this stuff knows variation is really the killer to efficiency because of too much variation, you just wind up with a a level of chaos. So that's hard because healthcare is ripe with lots of uh, really independently minded uh, Mm. folks who say, I've got this figured out and it's my way. And so getting those to be shared and then agreed upon and then moved forward with the technology to support the process change is really the game. So 
Yeah. It's interesting because it's something that's, you have to be able to see the big picture, obviously, but then you have to see all the little pictures too. So I can imagine that can be a little challenging at the beginning. Absolutely. You know, we actually have a, an analogy that we call it the broken squares game where we look at it and there's kind of this, sometimes you can see your piece of the puzzle, but you don't necessarily see the big picture. And so it's really about helping our entire team, all 64,000 people start to stand their part of the game, but also to be able to see the big picture. Because once you do take that perspective on, it's a little bit easier to think about where we're headed and why we're going there together and to get the energy to do it. And so it's a very exciting thing to do, but it's also a bit daunting sometimes to think of the amount of work and the amount of change that we need to go through as an organization to get there. But it's, it's for the right reason and it's the right type of change, right? It's change that's moving us forward in a positive direction. So we're going to harness that uh, energy as much as we can and get to that new destination as quickly as we can. And uh, I'm guessing part of this is really having good core leaders who everybody buys into the message and is able to translate it to their teams. Absolutely. You know, I've said very frequently, you know, yes, our uh, digital services group, uh, we, we've kind of integrated our IT and IS organizations. We're kind of branded that as digital services, because if you really think about the work that we're doing, it's not just information technology, it's really the, the full suite of digital transformation that we're really about. You know, this transformation that we're going through for integration, yes, people see it through that lens and they see the technology involved, but it's really not about the technology. It's about bringing that technology. It's really about rethinking your operational platform of how you do all of your work and being able to think about that as on a common way across the organization. Really, the, the technology then becomes the enabler to hardwire that into practice, right? And um, yeah. You can't do one without the other, and you certainly can't lead this from the technology perspective. There's certain things we do with technology, and you know, we're putting in Microsoft 365 across the board, those kind of things. You know, you can kind of see, yeah, they're mostly technology, but boy, we're talking about ERP systems and clinical and revenue cycle systems. Those are 100% about how we do work. You know, that's yeah. our core operational business. And that's really the work that we have to focus on. So we we really put our operational leaders out in front of that. They're the ones really doing the messaging, talking about change management, talking about how are we going to adapt to the things that are coming our way. And that's hard, right? You know, getting everybody on that same page, I'd be lying if I said we're all there yet, right? We're 10 months into this. But I, I have a lot of confidence that we have um, the right people and the right mindsets that are forming and uh, really, really a lot of positive intent by team members. You know, sometimes you get these integrations and people come together and there's just all the noise and you're going to have that naturally. But we also see that there's so many people that are committed to the long-term vision, which is really, really inspiring to see. Yeah. So as part of that, is the emphasis really like, let's make sure that this is the vision, this is how, this is what we want to do going forward, but but they have enough latitude that you know your people so you can communicate the ways you need to, but as long as the message is getting through. Yeah, you know, we have um, pretty robust structures around the programs that are doing the change management work. So, you know, those teams have representation from all sorts of different areas. And so a lot of our messaging actually doesn't necessarily just come from me or our traditional department hierarchies. They're really kind of driven cross-functionally. So I may be out there talking about the digital transformation side, but then I need our division presidents and our clinical leaders and our service line vice presidents and physicians out there also talking to their peers and their groups about what it means to them. And so our structure really is, is around that. We actually have a tool that I... 
I think is like one of the greatest tools of change management ever. It, it, we call it a, a change radar. People often think of change management as like what you do, you message and you inform, and that is part of it, right? Getting your leadership to do it. But the, the change radar is really saying, here's all the things that are changing. And down at the last mile level, right? At the management level, at the staff level, what do you need to change in your workflow to accommodate this? And so it, it shifts the accountability from why didn't the project team think about my unique circumstance, which is like impossible in an organization of the sides to right. this is what's changing. You figure out how you're going to adapt to it. And if there's something there that is absolutely not going to work, you need to raise your hand now and make yeah. sure the program team. So it kind of the, the idea of accountability is really important when you're doing an integration of this scale, because if you think that there's going to be one team that gets it all figured out, it's wrong, right? Yeah. You're, you're changing so much and, and people closest to the work know the impacts and you need to make sure that, that those voices are there, but their accountability is there as well to say, look, you can't just say, boy, that's not going to work, you know, change it. You have to say, well, the way that this design is going to cause a problem. So we can adapt this way, but we really need this to be accounted for. It's a conversation that needs to happen. And that to me is what's healthy about this is when you get that healthy conflict trying to solve the problem versus the conflict that's just about resisting the change. And those are the kind of things that you really need to be looking out for is saying, hey, are people servicing the problems is going to happen. You know, there's yeah. no way this all goes well. The question is, are people just kind of closing their eyes and blindly saying, well, this is going to be terrible? Or are they leaning in and saying, oh, how do we make this good? Because the difference between success and, and not success, quite frankly, is less about whether the project team got it all right. Those things are going to happen. It's really about whether the people on the ground are going to take ownership of their area and make the change work. And that has to do with their attitude, their commitment. And that can't come from talking heads at the central office as much as it comes from their leader and their teams and working that all out and getting that program together, I think is the secret sauce as to whether these things go well or they don't. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.